Hi and welcome. This is Tech in EdTech, brought to you by Magic EdTech. I'm Eric Stano, and in this podcast, we discuss technology that powers EdTech and helps improve learning for all. Today we have with us Craig Alexander, Senior Vice President at Pearson. Pearson is a global superpower when it comes to education. Welcome, Craig. Uh, welcome, Eric. <laughs> Thank you, Vac. Um, so actually, let's just start off. Uh, you and I, for full disclosure, for anyone who's listening, you and I know each other. I used to be at Pearson and worked alongside you. Um, but, uh, you know, we've only talked uh, infrequently. How have you been over the last year? How's, how's your health been? How's your, how's your family been during the last year of this pandemic? We've done okay. I mean, obviously, the transition from working at home all the time has been a bit of an adjustment. I was uh, traveling extensively around the world right before the pandemic hit, right, and it right. went from, you know, feast to famine to uh, not, you know, from traveling everywhere to often not leaving, you know, a mile from my house. So that's been a, <laughs> a bit of a change. It's the same. And, the same. You know, we've we've always done, you know, we've got teams spread out everywhere. So we've always used uh, technology to stay in touch, but uh, have never had to depend on it so much. Right, right. Well, if, uh, if you, if you uh, need to know, I'm envious of the surroundings that I've seen you on on video, uh, because I'm trapped in 500 square feet in Manhattan. So uh, you're, you're one of the lucky ones when it comes at least to the space you have left to roam. Um, but uh well, let me, let's uh, segue a little bit uh, because we're talking about technology and ed, ed tech here. Um, how did you first get into ed tech uh, and into Pearson? Yeah, so I have been in and out of the educational space for 25 years. I actually started at one of the original uh, video game and ed tech companies called Sierra Online. Uh, back in the 90s. They did the first educational products on CD-ROM. They go way back. Um, And my career has been a mix of both entertainment software, video games, as well as educational software. Although, and I've worked at other game companies such as Electronic Arts, Activision, Warner Brothers, and Sierra. And it kind of left the education side pretty early in my career. It had been been almost 20 years. But... uh, Pearson reached out to me and uh, recruited me back in. And uh, given that I've always been a, a, a very passionate about education, uh, a lot of my family and extended family are educators. Um, I jumped on the opportunity and have been here for the last six years. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I've already signaled uh, to the listeners that uh, it's and something they likely know that Pearson is a, a global superpower when it comes to education. It is, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, from when I was there, the largest educational, uh, what had been formally called a publisher. I don't think uh, Pearson goes by that necessarily any longer. But why don't you just take a minute to, to tell the folks uh, a little bit about Pearson itself? Yeah, we position us as world's leading learning company. In fact, that's the tagline for Pearson. Um, You're right. Historically, our roots have been in uh, educational publishing, particularly around textbooks and a number of other businesses as well. But over the last five or six years, we've narrowed our focus and divested uh, uh, all of the remaining assets that weren't uh, that weren't education related. So, for example, we did a lot of uh, financial press. I mean, we have the Financial Times, Economist Magazine, um, Penguin Random House, et cetera. Those are all now been um, 
like I said, divested, and the company can focus now 100% of its ed- energy in uh, leading the educational publishing space. And, and I wouldn't, you know, I think the better term now is that we're, we've made the transition more to a media company. And uh, given right. especially this, this uh, pivot from, you know, analog textbooks to digital that's been going on for quite some time. In fact, part of the reason I was hired is because of my digital media background. So right. I was brought right. in to help drive that tr- transformation. And back to your earlier question about the pandemic and what's been going on the last year, we've seen uh, that, uh, that transformation accelerate globally, um, it, it, well, where it was well underway in the U.S. Um, it's, now, uh, it's now everywhere and likely permanent. Right, right. Well, and, and along with the the pandemic and and all the changes that that uh, wrought on on education, I know that Pearson itself has has changed a little bit uh, just in the last several months with regard to its focus. And that leads me to to my next question of, you know, what would you characterize as the big problems your company is is trying to solve right now? And um, as a second part of that question, how is how is technology helping you do that? Yeah, so technology is critical to all the, the digital transformation that I talked about. Um, moving from a textbook publishing model to one that's highly digital, not only on the courseware side, but the but the online offerings, the assessment offerings. Um, we do a lot of virtual learning. Um, it's changed, uh, completely transformed the company. And, and as I was saying before, it's in effect um, moved us moved us and our competitors into a different industry. And so I'd almost reverse the question and say, what hasn't changed? Right. Because we've had to completely alter our operating model um, in order to be successful. But the good news is, is that we have, you know, some of the world's best content. Not only are we the largest, but, uh, you know, the the depth of content is also there. And we're able to leverage that because, uh, you know, given our. You know, history of the company's been around for uh, you know since the 1800s. So there's right, uh, right, right, uh, right. there's a lot here. And and uh, you've recently shifted to more of a, a consumer focus. Uh, I'm curious about that and and how maybe that uh, is informed by technology. I can I can sort of uh, intuit uh, ways in which that that would happen. But I'm curious as to that particular strategic uh, move and again the the technology implications that are part of that. Yeah, it's the natural evolution or think of it as a phase of this digital transformation. I mean, the simplest would say, oh, we'll just t- turn our textbooks into, you know, flat ebooks, but it's it's far more than that. And so the move from discrete products to a services offering, right. from um, institutional channels to one that's a blend of that and uh, direct to consumer offerings that involve, you know, maybe short, more short bite-sized learning that's uh, where students and learners can uh, can consume content at their own pace, all part of the change that's underway to uh, offer more flexibility and capabilities to our learners, um, given the, all the technological change that you just mentioned. And, right. and I can you know drill down in specific areas of how it's impact that our assessment business, our narrative content or ebook business, et cetera, et cetera. It's uh, it's just it's about a everywhere. fundamental transformation. And like I said, it's no longer regional. So it's happening everywhere. And some of these companies have some of the some of the regions have flipped even in the last year of being, you know, predominantly trailing print led businesses that are now digitally led. I, I, one I was looking at the other day that it that it flipped in six months. And so you can imagine how wow. 
disruptive that can be. And if you're not on top of it and investing in the proper tools and tech, um, you're going to have trouble keeping up. Right, right. And uh, Pearson from its roots in the 1800s was not always accustomed, perhaps, to moving at that kind of pace. That is, that's truly a 21st century uh, pace of movement. So that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, And the other good news about it is, is that the media and and, and the reason I described this as a media company is, is that we've got, it's not all, most of the other media verticals have already made the transition. And you'll see it, you know, in film and television and gaming, like I'd mentioned, um, in many other areas, um, use the music industry, you know, mm-hmm. through this five or 10 years ago, they've all had to adapt to the new market realities and the new technologies. And they're, they're not always quite the same I mean, because each has its own attributes. And we're learning now how to do this right uh, for the education market. But, it, but if I were to put us on that spectrum, we're the, we're the last industry that's that's make, uh, the last media industry that's aggressively uh, making this transformation. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you, you've talked about how uh, this has affected Pearson everywhere and how, how it's really a fundamental change in just about uh, every way. And um, speaking of things that have affected everything, um, back to the pandemic for, for a second, um, because digital learning during this last year went from being a, you know, a nice to have, which is how uh, often our, uh, when I was in higher ed at Pearson, our instructors would, would characterize our, our uh, media offerings uh, to a must have with people learning at home. Um, what do you think are the, the good things that have emerged from that? And, and what are maybe some of the not so good things that emerged for Pearson because of that situation? Well, I think the good things are is the products are, uh, are superior. Um, the digital format is better. And if you can make the transition and pivot, we have a term internally we use called digital first, where we focus on producing the digital content ahead of the, you know, kind of the static and narrative content, you end up with a product that's more interactive, it's more immersive, it's adaptive, um, it can be customized more easily, and really set up to react to learner needs. So, of right. you know, if, right. if, if a topic is particularly difficult and uh, requires some, uh, you know, the, the content to be slowed down, and taught in a more simpler manner, we have adaptive systems that they can do that. Similarly, if the if the learner appears to be, uh, um, you know, comprehension is high, then we can accelerate ahead. And, and, and these are the kind of things, and not to mention all the rich media. I mean, we, we produce enormous amounts uh, of video, um, simulations, interactive labs, um, um, formative and summative assessment content, all designed to, uh, uh, you know, create a media environment where uh, the learner can interact with the product. And that's just something that you can't do with static print. Right. Um, right. So I would say, uh, you know, it's not a very controversial statement to say these products are just better. And you mentioned uh, adaptivity in there. And I remember uh, from my, my days uh, at Pearson and then when I departed and went to uh, a startup, which uh, its bread and butter was, was adaptivity. Um, I, again, I remember that being a, a very big push, uh, clearly when students are uh, learning from home um, and a, are truly in a, a more individualized setting, adaptivity uh, and its value can be thrown into even sharper relief. How do you think Pearson is doing along that trajectory? Um, I know it's always aspirational to get better and better at 
diagnosing how a, a, what a student knows and doesn't know and providing the best uh, next steps to them. Do you have any, any thoughts on how Pearson is doing along that, that spectrum? Uh, we're doing okay. It's a lot of work and it's highly sure. iterative and it's going to take years, if not decades to uh, excel at. Sure. But, sure. you know, like, as you know, having been at Pearson for many years yourself, um, we've been on this journey for some time. And that's the, I think that's one of the other advantages. Um, you know, this is not new. Right. You know, some of these digital supplements you talked about, you know, that were, um, you know, added to the textbook experiences have been around for 20 years. I remember <laughs> even when I was in college, they had a lot of this stuff. Right, um, right. But well, that means really, you're a little bit younger than me, but uh, thanks for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the scope of the, of the adaptivity and the customization and personalization and all these things, interactivity and so forth, it's just exponentially growing and, and, and figuring out how to take advantage of that new medium and make it a superior learning experience. That's a, that's a career long effort. Right. And, uh, you know, you sort of never perfect it. And, uh, you know, in answer to your question, I think we're doing a good job, but we have a lot of work to do, especially in the services space that I talked about. I'm really optimizing towards mobile because mobile devices are so pervasive. I mean, when we started all this, it was desktop, laptop, you know, Windows, Mac. You know, we're spending more and more of our time as consumers um, on Android and iOS devices. And right. it's and not just the phones. In many yeah. cases, my tablet's bigger than my, my laptop. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's a learning device. Right, right. No, and that's that's true for, for students, too. I remember the days when the idea of a student learning on their phone was considered laughable. And now it uh, strikes me, uh, you can tell me because you're on that side of it, but it strikes me as virtually a price of entry uh, to, to compete for students' attentions and, and eyeballs. Yeah, and certainly, yes. And, 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 it's, and you need to support all the platforms. The question is how you do it, because you're right. The form factor of a of a smartphone is not conducive for lots of activities, but I would put, that's why I answered in the terms of operating systems. I mean, the fact that it's Android iOS uh-huh. and, and, and we're getting away from Ford factor because you can hook up a giant tablet to a keyboard and it's not much different. Sure. Than sure. A Windows machine other than the OS. And, and I assure you people are consuming eBooks on tablets and, uh, but most of them don't want you to pick. They want you to support all of them. Of course, of course. And so we're we're working hard to do that. It's just uh, you know, there's a lot of technologies, and it's a big it's a big integration problem, which is what our team does. We right. figure all that out. Well, and and again, back to the the changes of the the, the last year. Um, I'm curious as to how your your product and tech teams uh, responded both to. Uh, the uh, imperative that was created by the pandemic, uh, the strategic shift that Pearson engaged in by trying to uh, have more of a direct-to-consumer arm. Uh, I'm curious as to how the product and tech teams both uh, responded and if there were any notable lessons that uh, you saw. Uh, just the main lesson is a, a an old business school term called the innovator's dilemma, where you're trying to keep <laughs> the old business going and I read that book. at the same time. Yeah, and it um, you have to do both because uh, oftentimes the the new technology takes a few years to hit scale and sort everything out. And so uh, I thought we reacted pretty well, but you need a you know an agile development environment where you're where you're focused on smaller incremental goals, but understanding the strategic objective overall of where you want to head to. Right. And uh, yeah, and hire lots of people with uh, 
diverse backgrounds that have been through this before. Maybe not exactly from a higher ed or an education standpoint, but understand how to produce digital media. This is critical. And like I said, you know, I was my last job at Warner Brothers. This is not new. They had to go through all of this in the film and television space. And who right. had thought that the theater business would be virtually shut down? Right. Um, right. You know, suddenly these streaming services uh, uh, make a heck of a lot more sense than maybe they did when they first uh, first appeared. Right. So you know, distribution and format, it's all about leveraging great content and making it as, as high quality as possible. And I've been you know, overall pretty happy. Now, is it a big, complicated um, exercise underneath? Of course. Right. You know, building software and building technology is not easy. <laughs> but, but it's working. Right. Well, well, that's that, that's great. And uh, you know, as you as you said, uh, you know, characterized education, and I, I agree with you, is is often the last to adapt to technological transformation. And you know, the pan- pandemic precipitated, I think, a lot of change um, on that that front. From from this place, uh, what direction do you see uh, tech technology moving in relative to education, and and how are you and your teams preparing for it? What 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 comes next for you all? I think it's the, the transitions. So I walked through earlier about all the things that we've done to date. It's the, the services, cloud-based, highly iterative and interactive systems approach that's next, where the just really becoming moving from a product to a services company. That's the next big challenge. And by the way, it affects business models, um, the whole Certainly. You know, the commerce and monetization systems, this can get really complicated really quickly. And uh, learning how to do this right to benefit the, the learner and, and allow them the flexibility and the freedom to consume the and pay for the content as it's needed. And uh, this is this is one of those universal issues that affects all sorts of media. Um, right. And given, given the scope of that, given just the, the sheer uh, precipitous climb that that takes to, to ch- make changes on, on all of those fronts, uh, even down, I'm glad you referenced sort of the, the commerce side of it, which um, people in my position often don't, don't think a, a great deal about. Um, how, how is Pearson preparing for that? Uh, you, you know, what, what are... What are sort of the the actions you're laying down to to get ready for for all that has to change? Well, it's 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 packaging our portfolio of titles in such a way that it can be offered as a service, whether to institutions directly through an inclusive access program, or whether it's some direct to consumer offerings. I mean that, in effect, the a lot of the changes that occurred in the media, the, the media, other media verticals need to occur here. And, and we're not only preparing for it, in many cases, we're already actively in pursuit. It. And in, in many cases, the learners and the institutions prefer it because it has a lot of advantages. Right, right. Uh, but well, just may- the days of discrete a la carte purchasing um, as opposed to a service that you well, you subscribe to right. um, is, uh, is, is where I think all of this is headed. And and very much in keeping, it sounds like with the the con, sort of the consumer emphasis that uh, Pearson is developing, uh, if you know, subscription service to to something like a Netflix um, is very consumer oriented, and sounds like that's just part and parcel of, of Pearson's uh, strategic change. 
Um, I, I, I agree. Although I would remind that institutional uh, partnerships are, are still extremely important. And so, you know, direct to consumer doesn't mean that you're ignoring all the academic institutions that you depend on to uh, adopt your courseware and, uh, and host your content. So in many cases, the instructor is as important as the learner and all these principles apply to them as well. Right. Well, and that's all really the analytic tools and the grading tools and all the things that we offer to make the, the entire learning experience not only positive and beneficial for students, but for the, you know, the faculty as well. Right. Well, that's one of the things I always found intellectually challenging about being in education. Uh, you don't just simply focus on a, on a product and a method of delivery, but you have to really be cognizant of the entire ecosystem uh, in which you're operating, your ultimate customers, the students, uh, your, your partners in, in educating students, the instructors, your other partners in the institutions themselves. Um, it's, it's really, you really got to triangulate, uh, precisely how you accomplish what you want to accomplish, which is, uh, educating students more and more effectively. Um, and it's one of the things I always found uh, really dynamic and interesting about the education space. Yeah, I agree. And I think the change there is, is that some of it is going to, you know, especially in higher ed is going to continue to be instructor led, but other things, you know, more skills training could be more self-service learn is learn at your own pace. Um, right. It really depends what it is and, and really trying to move towards this lifelong learning model where um, the higher ed or K-12 component of your education is just a part of the journey. Right. And uh, right. hopefully we can be there for all phases of the journey. And, and we have been, I mean, we have all sorts of vocational training offerings. I mean, you're familiar with it as much as I am about the, the different types of educational experiences that we can deliver in, in a much more effective way because of just all the, you know, the technology changes where, you know, these aren't necessarily new technologies, but they're a heck of a lot better than they used to be. You know, sure, sure. Well, the, I really appreciate um, the time you're, you're spending, and it's always a, a pleasure for me just personally to talk with you. I just have one uh, last question for you here, and that's, that's really, uh, given your experience over the last several years, but in particular uh, in the last year, what advice would you have for your peers uh, as well as your customers? I think the advice for both would be embrace the change. It, it, it's, it can be disruptive and challenging in the short term, but uh, in the long term, all parties are going to be better off. And uh, We've seen it and, it and we can demonstrate it with efficacy studies and all sorts of things. The, the direction we're heading is the correct one. In fact, as a general rule at Pearson, I say this often is, is that I'm always so comfortable with our strategy. There's very little debate on that. It's all execution and uh, that can get a little complicated, but uh, I, I have a pretty good idea where we're heading and we just need to we just need to be successful at it. Comfortable with strategy. I like that. Uh, it sounds uh, sounds like a nice place to be. Um... And, and I've been there before, uh, so it's it's well, nice. And our, to, partners, our, our vendor partners, Magic and others, are critical to this success. I mean, we have we have as many vendor staff supporting Pearson on kind of a full time equivalent basis than than I have employees. That this is this is a team sport. We're not going to do this on our own. Agreed. So really appreciative. You know, one of the reasons I want to do this uh, podcast with you is I'm a big fan of Magic EdTech and uh, a lot of our other preferred partners. Um, without them, we would not be successful. 
Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And as I've said in many settings, uh, talking to, to you and to the other folks at Pearson always feels like I'm going back home. So uh, I was uh, I was happy for this this conversation as well. Well, listen, Craig, uh, hopefully now that uh, the pandemic is receding a little bit here in the Northeast, hopefully we'll be able to see one another in person and maybe grab a beer. But uh, in the meantime, I'm appreciative for the time you're able to spend with me today and uh, for doing this. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I need to get on the road. In fact, my son's going into a senior of high school and we got to go look at colleges. So I'm going to be doing the college tour thing soon. Not as my job. (laughs) You get to look at colleges in person so changes afoot that's a nice a nice step to take exactly the website only goes so far (laughs) need to see what's up all right well thank you again craig it was really nice to speak with you today yeah good talking to you again eric take care